0: The home of Internet Sports Talk Radio. Legends are made in the NFL, and the quest for the Lombardi Trophy continues. Brady moving and looking and has time, and then throws, and that is caught for a touchdown. Intercepted by Wilford. That's Wilford with a game changer. You're listening to Patriots Beat. Out, Two minutes, second down and six. Brady, quick
1: throw,
2: complete. first
1: down. Right here on CLNSRadio.com.
0: Well, good afternoon, Patriots fans, and welcome to CLNS Radio's Patriots Beat. I am your host, Jeff Kane, at Boston Fat Guy on Twitter. Joining me as always will be Bob Snowden at SnowdenBob. Call in number for the guests, 347 247 7771. And today's show is brought to you by the CLNS Radio E-Blast. Text 22828, and you're going to text CLNS fans to that number 22828, and we are giving away a special treat for anyone who checks in there. You'll be entered into a drawing to win an 8x11 signed Julian Edelman photo. Again, that's CLNS fans to 22828. we got a big show for you today. Bob and I will be talking everything New England Patriots. Again, you can call in at 347-215-7771. Lots of things happening. Lots of holes left to be filled, but not as many as it were three, four weeks ago when the New England Patriots were wondering what was going to happen with their with their team, with their cornerback. In a keep to leave with Vince Wilfork, that situation is still wide open. We'll talk about that today. But, of course, the Patriots, as we talked about last week, have brought in Terrell Revis. They've brought in... Brandon Browner. they've brought in Brandon LaFell, and of course they've re-signed the aforementioned Julian Edelman, so we have a lot to talk about today, along as I said, the holes on the offensive line, the pass rusher. what are we going to do, is Deron Harmon good enough to become the safety of this team, but without further ado, I'll bring in Bob Snowden, and Bob, how are we doing today? I'm doing fine,
2: today's a historic date in Patriots history, do you, do you remember what it is?
0: Today is the day that the New England Patriots' name was chosen when they moved out of the Boston area. Am I right?
1: You are right. Do you remember what they originally
2: wanted it to be when they moved?
0: Uh, I do not remember what they originally wanted it to be when they moved. Go ahead.
2: They were going to be the Bay State Patriots. That's right,
0: the and Bay State Patriots. the
2: NFL rejected that name, so they became yep. the NFL Patriots. Yep.
0: That's
2: and right. I want to thank... I- and, and you probably saw it the same place I did. So I'll give no, credit. I can do it. Yeah, Bob, Bob Lazari, who is, throws fun facts out there all the time. And this one happened to hit just before we started the show. Uh, so I, I, I want to thank, for my knowing it, and then to lead you into the question, Bob. And, and if you want to follow Bob to see some of his fun facts, I'll give him a little plug here. It's at Bob underscore L-A-Z-Z-A-R-I. And Bob's in Connecticut and a, a huge uh, Boston sports fan, too, and starting his own blog uh, on a Red Sox starting shortly, but I, I'll, I'll give that plug later on. But anyway, that's where I saw it uh, that triggered my memory, Jeff, and, and I well, thought that was kind of cool, but today was officially that date.
0: Bob's a, uh, a super person, knows a lot about the Patriots. I believe he uh, he knows a lot, a lot about everything, but definitely about the Patriots and it's crazy that, uh, yeah, the New England Patriots um, were the Boston Patriots. They were the woebegone of the uh, the NFL. They never had a real place to play until they they came up with, uh, you know, uh, Sullivan Stadium or Schaefer Stadium, or whatever the heck it was called first. Yeah, Slip Stadium. Okay. I, <laughs> it changed so I, many I think, dang times. I think
2: it, yeah, I think it was Sullivan Stadium originally, and then they finally sold the rights. Uh to name the stadium, because way back when, they didn't name stadiums. They were just basically the name of the team. Uh, okay. And then, I forget, was it Dallas? Who was the – uh, all right, here you go, F- football, no man, no man. Who was the first team to have their stadium named after
0: a sponsor? Oh, wow. That's, and that's and I'll, one the I'll pause, but you,
2: you can look it up, or maybe one of our listeners can call in.
0: No, I I I would never t- cheat and try to look it up. I can I can sit there and say I'm not 100% sh- sure who it could be. Um yeah, cuz I mean you have the Houston Astrodome and and the Superdome in New Orleans. So they never really had naming rights. I'm trying to think who it could who it could be. Uh, you know, it's always Mile High Stadium, Candlestick Park. I I don't know, Bob, you tell me i I don't know I
2: think God that's why it's to you, and hopefully one of our fans can and we we will look it up during the show. That was one of those open ended questions that yeah, well. I do not know the answer to and and well i I do remember when the stadiums, just as you said, used to all have the name of either the team or some symbol in the in the community or something like that, and I'm still on the top of my head for some reason. Jerry Jones jumps out as someone who was like in the forefront of trying new things. And and whether it was him with um, Dallas at that time or not, I'm not sure. But, again, somewhere during the show, we'll either look it up or, again, if a caller calls in um, and gives us the answer, you will win a
1: hearty attaboy
0: from us. <laughs> a hearty attaboy. Oh, just what they want. Jeff and Bob yep. give you an attaboy. <laughs>
1: Hey, we give away big stuff on
2: this show. And I yeah, know, that you know a, what? that's a lead for you to mention the Edelman uh, signed picture.
0: Exactly. Again, uh, text CLNS fans to 22828, and we will choose at random a person that texts in and follows the CLNS e-blast to get the signed uh, Julian Edelman photograph. In fact, we have three of them. They all come with certificates of authenticity, if I can say that three times fast. But, uh, yes, they all have certificates of, yes, they're real. And uh, so that's a good thing for any Patriots fan out there. Of course, uh, Blame It On Maddie was our big winner for the uh, Darrell Revis jersey that uh, I uh, gave away, or I'm giving away. Um, We had a a contest where if you had retweeted uh, a certain Patriots beat thing, that um, we would give away a uh, Darrell Revis authentic jersey. And, that comes nowhere but my pocket. I'm dishing out the $249.49 and going to be sending it to uh, to Maddie uh, because she was chosen at random. We had over 500 retweets on that. So Patriot Speed is growing, and it's a very exciting time of year. Of course, as the Patriot Speed team grows, so do the Patriots. Let's talk about these signings, Bob. Let's talk about what else needs to happen here. I mean, well, what's your need?
2: I'm I'm looking at two positions that I think still – actually three positions, that, that still need some definition. One will be resolved, hopefully, uh, with Vince Woolfork staying with the team, uh, yep. which I still think is going to occur unless his feelings have been hurt so much and his ego won't let him do it. Uh, but but that nose tackle position, the fact that Kelly re-signed, I think you know eases the pain a little bit having the big body, but I still worry about that. The offensive line, which I know you mentioned uh, regularly in that center position to protect Brady up the middle, uh, and strong safety. I, I still, you know, I'm not sure that they're willing to roll with a second-year uh, player. And fourth, I know I said three, but what the heck.
1: <laughs> fourth is,
2: tight. It is another tight end. We can change our mind. We're not women. Oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> but anyway, the fourth would be tight end.
0: That would concern me. Oh, you know how I like that center and I like that offensive line. And I talked a lot about it. I tweeted out a couple of videos earlier this week about a gap pressure and why it is such a big thing for the New England Patriots to solidify the interior of that offensive line. Dante Scarnecchia has retired. They've brought in a new guy. His name is Dave D. I'm not pronouncing his last name until I figure it out because even Wikipedia. Couldn't tell me how to pronounce his last name. I haven't heard it enough yet. So he's Davey D. He's got some good, uh, you know, he's got some good experience. He was the offensive line coach for the Jets last year. Before that, he was with the Miami Dolphins and uh, was part of uh, the 2011 team, which Reggie Bush got his first thousand yard, thousand um, yard season as a running back. And of course, before that, he was with the uh, New York Giants uh, when they set a uh, franchise record with over 2,000 yards running. So the guy. Enjoys the running game, which you know what makes him my new favorite player in the entire world. Now let's just get a couple big bodies in front of the the, the big guys out back, and let's just run and run and run and run run. You know, let's go back to the wishbone. And just, I mean, I don't even want hey. to be a forward pass.
2: <laughs> I, and I know you you debated. You and I went back and forth uh, along with Murph because you two were on one side and I was on the other, outnumbered of the running game. And that's all well and good, but a final score of three to nothing is just flat boring. And I know oh, you've been and said, oh. "Hey, a win is a win is a win." <laughs> yeah, but come on,
0: it's boring. Uh, I, who cares? It's a win. I would rather I would rather win ugly than lose pretty. And the Patriots have lost pretty the last few years. I want to win ugly. I, I You know, I'll, I'll sit there and, you know what, I, I tweeted out a thing earlier this week about who was your favorite Patriots team, pre-Belichick and post-Belichick. And you know, there were people that came out there and, all oh, the, the 2007 team was probably the biggest one that most people have because everyone remembers that offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, score, 52-7, to seven. yes, yes, yes. Well, when it came down to it, they didn't win. My favorite New England Patriots team post-Belichick was the 2004 team. Because they had a man named Corey Dillon who could run that snot out of the ball and just take over games, the defense was still very good. I love that team. Before that, my favorite New England Patriots team was actually the 1991 New England Patriots who went six and ten in Dickie McPherson's first year. Uh, you know they had Leonard they had Leonard Russell on the team. They had John Stevens on that team. Marv Cook, my favorite tight end of all time was on that team, catching 83 balls. I mean, catching 83 balls from a guy like Hugh Millen, that is freaking impressive, ladies and gentlemen. If you Your Marv
2: Cook, you know, love fest, is, is amazing to me. <laughs> Although I remember him, I'm not sure why you have fell in love with this guy. I mean, he was he was okay. I didn't I didn't dislike him, but I mean you've got a crush, man, crush
0: on this guy. Man, crush. I have a number forty six, not a number eighty five, a number forty six Marv Cook jersey that I wear when the Patriots wear their alternative red jerseys, um, and that's another thing we can get into about. I heard earlier this week on one of the uh, Boston sports radio shows, I believe it was Kirk Minahan on on the Dennis and Callahan show, talking about people who wear jerseys that are over a certain age. Well, I'll be 36 years old next next Monday, and I uh, I still wear my Tom Brady home jersey, my Tom Brady away jersey, every single Sunday, whether I'm at the game or sitting on my couch. I'm wearing that jersey, and then, of course, when they go to the, the alternative reds, which they haven't in a few years, Marv Cook comes on. In fact, because they haven't in a couple years, preseason, I've been donning that Marv Cook jersey. If you, if you were in my man's room, which I'm at right now, you look around at all the jerseys I got. I mean, I got I got everything from a Kurt Schilling jersey and a Kevin Garnett jersey all the way to a Milan Lucic. I got Moss. I got Dylan. I got a Bloodsoe jersey behind me. A Bloodsoe jersey on the wall, signed. Uh, I, Teddy Johnson, my favorite linebacker of all time, he's hanging from the rafters here at the at the Kane man manor. <laughs> or Kane Mansion. <laughs> he is hanging from the rafters, literally
2: now, isn't he? I mean. he's had some issues. He's had
0: some problems. Uh, Teddy's a great guy. He was a guest of the Patriots Goal to Go before we changed the format. Um, And a phenomenal, phenomenal guest he was. Uh, He had some issues with concussions, but um, he definitely uh, has turned his life around. Um, He is now part of the uh, Ted and Fred show down in Houston, uh, his hometown. And he was a, a great guest. And one of the things that I asked him was, about the the concussions, and would he have his his kids play football? And and we know how concussions have been such a huge thing in the NFL lately. And he said, yes, but if anyone is going to go out and play football, he says, I suggest they go out and and play flag football first, is what he said, and, and learn the game, and learn the different nuances of the game, how to protect yourself, how to, how to you know, run correctly, how to tackle correctly. And, and that, was a, that was a big thing from someone who I was a, a huge fan of. And, and unfortunately, uh, his hard-hitting style led to concussions and led to some other issues. You know,
2: he was the first player on the Patriots that I remember concussion being an issue with, and they may have been before that, but for some reason he's the one that that was kind of like the the times suddenly changed and you were hearing about concussions. Uh, And, you know, later on, obviously after his career ended, it became more and more and more prominent in the news. Uh, And the reason you didn't hear before that was the NFL didn't want to acknowledge they were recurring. And obviously they had, we used to call them dingers. Remember that yep. was a, that was a thing. Oh yeah, he got a dinger, and come on, back in the game. And they they would. I mean, a player would literally be knocked out, go to the sidelines, sit out maybe two plays.
0: A little and he'd be right
2: back out there in the field.
0: A little smell and salts, and you were good to go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the brain the brain injury. You know what? It, it's it's something that. I mean, well, we can all sit there and say that it might have taken. Uh, Junior Seau's life, uh, when he tragically shot himself a couple of years ago, that um, yeah. you know it might have been a thing, but not how I want to talk about the show. I mean, it's it's something that we really need to focus on and say it's a, a, a epidemic in the uh, in the NFL. But let's look more at this this team. And before we get there, uh, anyone could call in three four seven two one five seven 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 one. Uh, and, of course, if you uh, if you like YouTube, and I myself love YouTube, CLNS Radio has the best YouTube channel. you got to go to YouTube.com slash CLNS Radio. Live, high-difference edition, locker room interviews, full-length uh, game reports. Check it out, CLNS Radio on YouTube, YouTube.com slash CLNS Radio. So, Bob, let's okay, get what into are, it. Let's, go ahead.
2: One yeah, of the things we were going to talk about in, in you mentioned it briefly when we were talking about Patriot needs, was the Patriots' pass rush. Uh, You know, when you look statistically at last year, they actually had a pretty good pass rush. I know that's hard to believe, and most of us watching the games say, no, it couldn't be. But, you know, they sacked opposing quarterbacks on just over 7% of dropbacks. That's tied for ninth in the league. It it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. The problem was that at the end of the year, they only had two guys that were doing it. Uh, yes. and they played 98% of the, sta- you know, of the, the snaps. And and that's obviously Chandler Jones and Rob Ninkovich, Uh and and during the regular season, uh 95.6% of regular season snaps. And and that's just way too much for two guys. They ran
1: out of the, you know, they
2: ran out of gas when they got to the playoffs. Uh and that's the lack of depth. Uh, behind the two workhorses. Now I know you talked about Jared Allen.
0: Um, I thought got, for sure. Yeah, has he? But, did but, he sign with Gale? No, I, I don't know about that. Did he? Has he signed yet?
2: Well, I don't think it's been made official, but all indications are that he has, and you haven't, you know, you haven't seen denials. By the same token, it's kind of like Revis was until Monday. It was there hasn't been an official signing yet, so I I don't know, but I you know it sounds fairly sure that that he's going to a team that you know really needs him.
0: Yeah, you know I mean because they can't get after the passer at all, and then, you know what you, you say sacks and and a lot of people say sacks. I like the pressure better than the sacks. I mean if you go back to the Super Bowl, the Seattle Seahawks only sacked Denver once. But the pressure that was put on Peyton Manning led to a lot of negative plays. And, and, and that's the thing. And, yes, the Patriots, you know, they were ninth in the league in in, in sacks. The problem is is, is they came in bunches. That, that's a big thing. They came in bunches. And, and when it came time to it, they really weren't getting not the sacks but the pressure on the quarterback. And, of course, we all know I sat in my bunker, and, and we, as you and I talked on the on uh beforehand and i of course talked to pat's gazette earlier this week after after i was tweeting out a bunch of stuff about um how the denver broncos defended us and he called me up and he's like you really watch way too much film and i go yeah it's it's a it's a sickness it's, it's a real sickness but i i i a couple things that showed me um, in that game uh were what the patriots were doing they were they were using chandler jones Uh, Of course, on the strong side of the line where where the tight end was, of course, was uh, Julius Thomas. And what he was doing before he was actually rushing is he was chipping that tight end. And they weren't able to get any pressure because Manny got that ball out way too quick. So instead of chipping, they should have basically just busted right in there. Just bust him in the mouth, you know, smack him, hit him in that mouth. That's what you got to do. So I'll be I'll be. Interested to see what they're going to do because there's no way that Chandler Jones and Rob Nankovich, while they had 11 and and eight sacks respectively, you can't ask two guys to play over 95 percent of the time. They need a, another pass rusher, like, and I don't keep don't want to keep bringing up Seattle because Seattle's defense they got they got some great signings last year that brought Michael Bennett was one of them, Cliff Averill was another. They got on you know short term deals and they were able to do a really nice job with Chris Clemens and and, and rotating guys in and keeping guys fresh and continuing to go and go and go. The Patriots might already have that on the the roster with Michael Buchanan. We saw what he did before they signed Andre Carter, which I didn't quite understand the Andre Carter signing because I really like Carter, but I think his best days are behind him. And I think it kind of, we saw Buchanan do some nice things, but, um, you know, sometimes maybe need a little veteran presence, especially with the injuries to Will Fork and Mayo and, and not having them you know, on the sidelines in in game day, in you know, in uniform, maybe that's the reason you've got to bring a guy like Andre Cotter in there. But Michael Buchanan, the seventh round draft pick out of Illinois, uh, showed some flashes last year. But I do believe they need to up that. And and you brought up some nice names, and I'll let you introduce those names.
2: Well, the, the two names that kind of jump out of here were both from from Denver, um, and and are no longer there, and. I'm looking real quick to find my little notes. Uh, uh, Robert Ayers and Sean Phillips are the two that kind of jump out at you. Both of them uh, are veteran pass rushers and, and are available, and you know would kind of fill that gap, I would believe. Uh, what what are your opinions? And I'm hearing more positives about Phillips than than Ayers as as a guy that uh, you know the, the
0: pass could definitely use. What do you think? I I've never been a Ayers type of guy. Uh, Phillips, of course. Came from the San Diego uh, Chargers, uh, and he was a you know high bred defensive end uh, outside linebacker for them. I think he's the type of guy that can, uh, you know, he could do some really good things. And I think he'd be the ideal situational pass rusher for the Patriots to bring in here. We all you know, we all know that I wanted Jared Allen. I don't think that's going to happen. So the next next tier down, it is a guy like Sean Phillips. He wouldn't be a bad guy to get in there. They need someone, as I said, we need someone in there to. Give more time, you know, to give these guys give give Chandler Jones a breather. The poor guys, you know, sucking wind, and and you saw it the second half of the season. The burst wasn't there as much as it was, and and while I do believe that Jones got a lot better at setting the edge on on running downs, his burst up the field wasn't as good as it was at the beginning of the season. I got to admit that it's, it's got to be because he played over a thousand plays last year. Well, and and Phillips
2: should fall under the money that the pats still have left that's that's the other issue it's so hard you know people keep throwing names out there and we'll talk a little bit about deshaun jackson as an example but <laughs> but the pats just don't have the money right now and even if they released Will ford the only thing they get for him yes his contract is is you know like 11 million, I think, on the cap. But they get 7 million of that back if they release them. Now, 7 million to you and I is, you know, hang on, we probably could live the rest of our life very comfortably. But as far as signing a top name to a position, that can be eaten up with one signing. Uh, and and then you've got draft day coming, and you've got to have money set aside for that. So, you know, the the, the idea of who's out there and, oh, yeah, Get into the Patriots. You've got to be realistic with that money. And Phillips sounds like you would fall under that. He wouldn't come at a real high price.
0: Well, there's a lot of things that you can do, Bob, with the salary cap. And while the Patriots, last I checked, had somewhere between four and seven million, depending on what website that you went to. Um, and they could, there's a lot of different things they could do. They, of course, they can re- renegotiate uh, Vince Wilfork's deal to save some money, or they could cut them. I still don't think they'll cut them. Uh, you have guys like Steven Gostowski and Deb McCourty, two guys going into the final year of their contract, uh, McCourty counting at $5.5 against the salary cap, guys that you could get some more money from there. And, of course, a guy like Adrian Wilson, who was on IR all last year and really didn't show much in the preseason. I mean, that final preseason game, he was playing into the fourth quarter, which is never something you want to see a vet doing. So there's certain things that they can do to manipulate the cap. The other thing you brought up, you know, oh, they got to have the money to, to sign their rookies. The one thing with the NFL salary cap, and, and a lot of people don't understand the salary cap, not saying that you don't, Bob, but is it's the rule of 51. Until the beginning of the, I believe it's uh, the beginning of the season, only the top 51 salaries on your team count against the cap. So uh, while there are 53 players on a team, until the beginning of the season starts, only the top 51. So they can sit back and say, okay, we got enough money for our rookies, then they just figure it out. That's why you've seen, uh, you know, bigger name players get cut around the third uh, week of the season. A lot of people say, oh, well, that's because, you know, they want to give him, they don't have any plans for him. They want to give him some time uh, to go out and catch on with another team. Well, it's twofold. They have him. They want him to catch on with another team, but also because they got to get in compliance with the salary cap. And while the top 51 count uh, right up until uh, week one, after that you get the top 53. So that's one of the reasons you see bigger names like uh, a couple of years ago with the Patriots where Jabbar Gaffney and Dante Stallworth were released in the third week of the preseason instead of a final cut. Did
2: you just call me dumb?
0: No, I didn't call you dumb.
2: <laughs> Did I call you dumb? <laughs> You tried to soft-soap it a little bit when you well, said... Well, after
0: the, after the blackball, and you did for me on Hump Day with Murph the other day, like I wasn't listening.
1: Man, I'm so just stunned it, it, in awe of your knowledge. All right, let's
2: go on. I,
0: I spent a lot of time in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: geez. give me a break. Take a life. No, and you're right. I
2: did. Believe it or not, I did know that that only a certain number counted against the cap. But when I look at that number, and the Patriots, I saw something the other day: the number of players that they actually still have, even signed. ready to go is a very low number it, it's nowhere it near the 60 it, it was was it like 45 or something like that I
0: believe yeah. it was 45 and you can take 90 players into camp so uh, I would expect yeah. the, the, the Patriots this year to have a very large undrafted rookie free agent class and and that's something the Patriots have been very good at um, in the last well decade plus is undrafted free agents coming in I mean there was uh, uh, Randall Gay, a cornerback, who came in and uh, started on that uh, Super Bowl team in 2004 at the end after Ty Law got hurt. Of course, been Jarvis, Green, Ellis. Uh, you've had other guys uh, come along that have been undrafted rookie free agents um, that have done some good things for this team. I mean, even... Even though I think he's a complete waste of space, which I said the other day, uh, you know, <laughs> Brandon Bolden was an undrafted rookie free agent. And believe it or not, there was a time where I actually I liked Brandon Bolden. And then he get gets caught with the PEDs, goes into Belichick's doghouse, and, and uh, you know, the numbers look good. Yeah, he had 4.9 yards per carry, but you take away a 46-yard run and a 33-yard run, and he's down to a 3.6 or 3.5 yards per carry guy. So uh, sorry, Murph. Well, not a big fan of Brandon Bolden.
2: I think the point with him too is, and and I know you and I were were double teaming our partner there, Mr. Murphy. Uh, it was that most of his carries were in, and I know Murph hates this term, garbage time. But but in in games where they were either won or lost, the few times that he did play during key parts of games, he wasn't that good. And the Patriots obviously didn't think much of him because he only played when players were injured. Uh he he did not, you know, see a playing time during games when the games were on the line a whole bunch unless someone was out. Like when Vareen was out. Uh they put him in at that 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 position a few times and yeah, I know he didn't have a ton of drops. Well he had some critical drops. I I remember one in particular when he was Sliding out in the wide open, the ball literally hit him on the hands, and forget it. It it went, you know, to middle man's land. So I'm I'm not a big fan of his. I don't hate him as much as you do. I don't think he's, you know, the biggest waste on the roster. Uh, I I probably could look carefully at the roster and come up with one or two other names that I would put in that category.
0: Jake Paquette, Paquette, the third-round draft pick, uh, that has done nothing in two years. uh, He's a bigger waste. At least Brandon, at least Brandon Bolden has 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 done something positive for this team,
2: and, and he's had some value. I mean, like you said, it was a point where, you know, when he first signed and his first season, he did some things, and you went, "Hang on, where would this guy come from? He definitely could be an asset." And heck, he's a running back, so there you go, right there. Hey, let's let's talk about something else I mentioned a minute ago: the the, the Deshaun Jackson rumors. Can we kill
0: those completely? Man, I don't understand why Deshaun Jackson it just seems to be such a oh, we need to get him. He's gonna be amazing. He's gonna be great. Let's trade Danny Hammond Dollar in a third round draft pick to get Deshaun Jackson. Because the guy is so amazing. He's a hundred catch a year guy. His biggest year ever was last year. He's never been a huge player. He's just I mean, he had eighty five catches last year. For thirteen hundred yards and actually got into the end zone. I think it was nine times. I'm doing all this off the top of my head, so not a hundred percent sure. Give me a second, I'll figure it out with the old Google machine. But um, I don't get the the needing for Deshaun Jackson. I mean, he just he held out for a, a large contract, and now you know the reason they're saying they want to get him out of Philly is because he wants even more money. Now, granted, we just did sign a guy named Durrell Revis, who I thought the same thing of, but Darrell Revis is a different player than. Than, uh, than Deshaun Jackson. Darrell Revis is arguably, when healthy, the best cornerback in the game. Now, if you told me the, the Patriots were, were going after a guy like Calvin Johnson, then uh, I'd be like, alright, definitely. Throw whatever it takes. you know? Yeah, let's throw it all in in the wind and, and, and let's go. But a guy like Deshaun Jackson, I I, I don't get the love affair that, that, that Patriots fans and NFL fans have for this guy. I mean, I, I, I just I don't get it.
2: Well, in two points, I also remember him pouting um, gee, I want to say it was two or three years ago. Uh, and and literally almost not going in the game or not even trying when he was in the game on a couple of plays and and them benching him at that point.
1: The guy's a headache
2: as well as everything else. Why why would why would a high offense team like like the Eagles obviously are becoming, and and especially with their head coach, why would they be wanting to get rid of him, trade him, let him go? I mean, they're, they're talking about letting him go. Uh, yeah, exactly. Why would why would you do that if he's an asset to your team and your team is being built on offense?
0: I, I, I don't get it. I mean, and as I said, I mean, he's got 62 receptions his rookie year, 62 receptions his second year, 47, 58, Forty-five. And then last year he gets eighty-two. I mean, he's gone yep. over a thousand yards receiving only three times. Uh, and, and granted, that's more than any player on the Patriots roster right now. But still, I mean, let's well, get well,
1: in that. Wait.
0: No, no. Wait so, those
2: first four years or five years doesn't the fellow we just signed come pretty close to those in his first? Now, I'm not saying he's Deshaun Jackson. But but if you no he's
0: a different style players,
2: player, but yeah, statistically, and I know statistics don't tell the whole story, but that's what fans are basing wanting him on. So, hey guys, you got LaFell, and LaFell, I don't think is going to be a great wide receiver. I think he's number three at best. Uh, but if you look at his numbers, they basically match up with the first four years that this guy that you're screaming for. Had in the NFL, so exactly. that's the Sean Jackson talk. But I'm I'm with you on that one completely. Hey, let's talk about the, the Duron Harmon and whether he is ready to be the lead role strong safety with the Patriots. What do you think?
0: I don't know yet. Um, I saw some really good things I, from him last year when he stepped in for Stephen Gregory. One thing I like about uh, Harmon is when he was at Rutgers, he played. Three different positions. He played cornerback, so he's got some coverage skills. He uh, played free safety and strong safety. And you know, people looking at, and look at the Patriots. They, they really haven't designated a free safety and a strong safety. They they've just played two safeties. It didn't matter if they were free or strong. I and mean, everyone's saying, "Oh, we need a big hitter in the middle." And, and, and while Cam Chancellor again bringing back Seattle uh, had a big hitter there, it isn't the um, it isn't the thing that you absolutely need, especially with what this team has put together in the secondary with Revis and Browner, what they can do. I mean, they can man up here, and they can roll coverage with McCordy to different sides. I wouldn't be surprised when, when when Browner and Revis are out there, if you see Browner lining up against the tight end, which has been one of the big things that has hurt the Patriots over the last couple of years, lining up against the tight end. Having a guy like Logan Ryan or Alfonso Dennard, sitting on the outside on that other cornerback and then putting uh, everyone's favorite whipping boy, Kyle Arrington, in the slot against a slot receiver. But I don't think they need a huge thing. Deron Harmon, he's got the speed. He's got some, some smarts. I was calling for him to start over at Stephen Gregory because I thought he, he paired well with a guy like Devin McCourty. So I think it, he could be there. It's kind of a spot where you go, Ooh, is he, is he, is is one year enough? But again, that, that second year leap, can he make it when he's sitting there all year long, uh, in the Patriots, you know, off season training program, that'll go a long way to see if he can make that leap. I thought he showed flashes of brilliance last year. And then he also showed some times where he made some mental mistakes where, uh, you know, he bit a little too hard in on play action was beat, uh, wasn't quick enough to the sideline to help over the top, uh, on, on coverage. So, I think Deron Harmon is a, a player that could be very good. Do I think he's going to be great? No, I don't think he's going to be great. But I do think that he's going to be very good.
2: And I'm one of those that ranted and raved about wanting someone that was a hard hitter and the person you just put down a, a moment or two ago. However, I'll back up a step and say, I just want someone who can tackle, I, be in the right position, but tackle when the guy is there and he catches the ball and you've got him covered, uh, which Gregory was terrible at. And, and you know, if Gregory had made tackles when he was in position, I would probably not be as down on him because in many cases he was in position. And the guy made a good catch, but then the extra yardage after Gregory missed him was what frustrated me most, I think,
0: with Gregory. Mr. Wiss. Stephen Gregory. He'd have someone lined up in his sights and and just miss. Well, Bob, we have a caller on the line. It's our good friend Mad Dog. We'll bring him in. Mad Dog, how are we doing today? Hey, what's going
1: on, guys? i um, not too bad. Just I'm um, excited about um, what the Patriots are are doing here and in um, the whole stuff with Deshaun Jackson. Um, I can I can I can understand the, the 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 excitement and I disagree a little bit. I agree that he is overrated as a receiver, but I look at his impact that he could make on special teams as well, and so, something that's not being talked about with him. That with the Patriots there there has not been really a good return game these last few few years. That's a thing that you can look look for 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 him, but. Well, when I look at, at this offseason, I, I mean this Patriots um, it, team has done a great job at really, at really filling out some needs, obviously getting arguably the best cover corner in the game, um, it, at worst sec, second best cover in the corner uh, the in the game in Darrell Revis. You look at Brandon Browner, who is going to be, it'd be, it'd be your second corner next year. But I look at this team and – and I I still would like to see a, a a a pass rusher in here. If they have to cut Will Fork, I think that Jermaine Wiggins said it uh, said it um, the other night that this this day and age in the NFL you need guys who can who can um, rush the passer and and who can defend the pass versus really a a run stuffer, which you really don't really need a run stuffer this day and age. And I really think think that they can that they can take care of that and the offensive line depth as you guys have talked about. I think that they can address those two needs through the draft if Will Fork does not want to want to stay. But just, just some names out there that I like. For strong bad hey, dog, let me get you to stop for just a second
2: here. Okay, so I'm sorry. Some of, the, some of the things you said. First of all, when you started and and talking about Deshaun Jackson, and I understand it's a lot of people that really like him and want him. But his his return game is not important to the Patriots. They have Edelman. Good God, he's one of the best punt returners. In the kickoff game, you know, you don't return a whole bunch in the kickoff game anymore. So I, and I don't he's see only that has, as a big plus and he, for him.
0: Sean Jackson that. has only returned the four, four kicks in his career. So
2: that's yeah. not huge. So I, think, I,
0: I think Josh Boyce could be that kick returner. Um, yep. but yeah, I mean, and not to cut you off there, Mad Doug, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd rather have Edelman out there returning a the kickoff uh, punch than, than, uh, to Sean Jackson. I mean, we all remembered Jackson against the, uh, against the, uh, New York Giants a couple of years ago, where instead of kicking the ball out of bounds, they kicked the ball to Jackson and he scores on a touchdown, but for his career, it's, it, it's, 9.9 yards per return, where I believe last time I checked, Edelman was over 12 and, and, and the leading active punt returner in the uh, NFL.
1: Yeah, well, yes, and everybody looks at, at that play, and I did not know that. Um, I stand corrected on that. But, yeah, um, just just a couple more um, questions for for you guys, and just um and just some names that I like on the free agent market. You mentioned the safety position. I still think that they should look into Ryan Clark. Always loved him. Him with Pittsburgh, um, a very hard hard hitter, a guy who who was one of the more underrated safeties in the game. I think that he would fit fit very well with with the new physical nature of that secondary. I think that I think that he would fit perfectly. There and obviously you mentioned on the defensive side of the ball uh, on the D line, Robert Ayers and and, and Sean Phillips. I would not m- mind taking a um, flyer on um, Will Smith. He's out there. Um, Jared Allen. Who knows what's going to happen with him? He still seems to be out there. He seems to not like like um, the deals that he's getting. But um, but but, uh, but um, who knows? But, what the market for him is going to be like, but I'll leave I'll leave you guys with this quick question. And I read an I read an interesting article on on this kid last night. A kid by the name of Mark Harris, who I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with or not. Um the,
0: the wide receiver, wide Mark receiver, at
1: yep. y- yes, and and um, uh, apparently a lot of people within the Patriots organization like him going forward as that as that deep down the field. And I know that he's had some problems off the field. He had a great, great career at Rutgers. The Patriots signed him last year. I guess that he got he got injured or something. But I could really see somebody like that emerging. I think that right now, that if you're going to look at the at the Patriots, that um, really with with Edelman and Mandola, Brandon LaFell. Who knows what happens with Kenny Britt? If Kenny Britt signed, I would love that signing. But um. I think if their wide receiver receiving core is good enough, if they if they can sign a Kenny Britt, and still have Mark Harrison here. Those are two low, low risk, high reward type guys who could really who who could really impact. But I would like your opinion on that great show and everything is looking up for the New England Patriots. And um, you guys have a good day. Thanks, Thanks man, Dog.
2: A couple of things. First of all, Kenny Britt, I'm I'm completely opposed to them signing him for a couple of reasons. One, his, his history is terrible uh, as far as arrests, and I thought the Patriots were trying to stay away from players like that. I mean, he's been arrested something like 12 times in the last eight years, and I'm, I'm, like you earlier, speaking off the top of my head, but it's some unbelievable number. Um, and from what I'm reading with some people that I really have a lot of confidence in, He's lost a lot of a lot of what was his asset coming out of college, uh, and just doesn't have it anymore. So I, I'm not a big Kenny Britt fan. Are you, are you, Jeff?
0: No, I mean let me tell you about Kenny Britt. I mean, uh, coming out of college, you know, he had a lot of good things, and and not that I think that Kenny Britt couldn't um, you know, couldn't be a good productive wide receiver. Uh, I think he's more of just a just a name there in, in Kenny Britt. Um, Let me just tell you, I mean, I think what they did when they signed Brandon LaFell, they've got Kenny Britt. For their careers, Kenny Britt has played one more season than uh, LaFell. Kenny Britt has 157 receptions versus uh, LaFell's 167. He's got 2,450 yards versus LaFell's 2,385 yards. And he's got 19 touches versus the 13 touches that uh, LaFell has. The one thing where he gets him is he's a little bit more of a downfield threat than Brandon LaFell, as he's got a 15.6 yard per reception, as opposed to LaFell who has a 14.3. Mark Harrison, the guy, go ahead, I'm, I cut you off. No, I was, just
2: gonna, I was just gonna say, and that's a minimal number. The the thing with Brett is he was a first round draft choice, and everybody's looking, yeah. going, man, this guy must have really been great coming out, and he's still young. But there have been a lot of first round draft just uh, uh picks that were busts and i I just uh, you know but I, like you, I don't see the big issue with past fans thinking he's this answer to a problem i you know maybe maybe he's another body for training camp, which you know they need. And and have done in the past with some wide receivers, but as far as him being the answer to anything, I I think I agree with you completely, Jeff. I think Lefell falls into the same category.
0: Yeah, and not just you know you know spitting uh, in Mad Dog's Cheerios or anything like that, because you can you can like play, players, and and I respect Mad Dog. I mean, him and I go back a lot uh, on Facebook, in, instant messenger, talking about the Patriots. He's a he's a great person to talk football with. Um, and not not to put him in this category either. But I think one of the big things with, with Patriots fans and, and NFL football fans in general is name recognition. You see a guy like Kenny Britt and you go, oh, yeah, he was a first-round draft pick. He's going to be great. Or guys that play the popular video game uh, Madden NFL for the PlayStation or Xbox, which I do as well. And you see a guy like Deshaun Jackson and, you know, the ratings that come out in these games and, oh, he's got 99 speed. Oh, the Patriots can use him. Or the fantasy football thing where, oh, well, you know, Deshaun Jackson won me my fantasy football championship by, you know, having a, a big game uh, one day. And, and, and that's the kind of thing because a lot of fans don't go out and look at other teams uh, as much as, as some of the people out there. But as much as, you know, these are big name values, the Patriots are, are building a team right here. And uh, Matt Dog said it nice. He, he liked what they were doing But we're still, you know, we're still five and a half months away from the season. There's plenty of things that can be done. Of course, the NFL draft coming up on May 8th. There's plenty of different things to happen. Mark Harrison, the kid out of Rutgers, he's, um, I, I like him. He's huge. I mean, he's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. I actually joked last year uh, after the um, Aaron Hernandez situation: "Is all right. Well, let's move this guy. Let's throw another fifteen pounds on this kid and, and move him to tight end." I mean, he's huge. <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's a raw product coming out of Rutgers. Um, he's got good hands. Uh, his his downfield speed isn't as great as um, you know some of the guys out there. Of course, at six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds, how could you expect that? I believe he ran a four point five six uh at his pro day at Rutgers. I'd have to look that up, but I believe if my re- memory serves me correctly, that's what he did run uh it you know another piece of the puzzle. We'll see where where he ends up going there.
2: Hey, I saw something change the subject for just a moment, and Mike Reese's column this morning that that talked about something different the Patriots were doing and may have been the reason why a Tlaib called. You know, the Patriots offer – I forget the – what was the exact word he used, Jeff? It would be shifty or something like Sh- that. I, uh, I,
0: shaky, shifty, sneaky, yeah. I forget. It was, it was an S word. Yeah. Shady. But anyway, so shady? The, the reason is they
2: changed how they structure their deals a good bit this year. And, and according to, to Mike Reese, this year's bonuses are tied to being on the 46-man game day list where in the past they were tied into being on the 53-man roster. That's a pretty major difference. Uh, and and one of the things that he went on to say was players may not like this and it may cause you some problems because say you're a player and, a, and, and it's a game-time decision because of an injury, all of a sudden you've got the potential for some real hard feelings there. If you say, no, you're going to sit and not be on the game-day roster, that's going to cost the players some big bucks seems to be a pretty major shift in direction the Patriots had gone, and he alluded to the fact that that possibly could be what Tlaib was referring to in the Denver deal, because the Denver deal was very, very good, obviously, for him, but but when you look into it, he doesn't have a whole bunch of security on that deal,
0: either. No, and Brandon Browner uh, got a very similar type of deal. Uh, They have him getting bonuses this year for the 45-man roster. Um, the year after, it's for to be on the 53 man roster where he gets the game day checks. But uh, Lefevre this year does have um, bonuses tied up for the 45 man ros- rosters, and that's that's um, something to be looked at because it is a change, and, I, and I'm sure the Patriots aren't the only team that is doing it.
2: Now, one other thing, changing subject, and, and I, I just thought I'd throw it out there because I think in May. When free agents are looking to sign with the Patriots, that's something that may be part of the negotiations. It'll be interesting to see, like with Rebus, although you've got to believe he's going to be on the roster any game he's healthy, uh, whether, the, whether how that's built into his contract or not. The, the other thing, is you mentioned at the beginning of the show, and, and we've talked peripherally about this, is, is Vince Wilford. What's going to happen with him, Jeff? What you, I heard you say you think he's going to be back. Is he
0: going to renegotiate? I think he has to. I think he has to renegotiate. I mean, there's no way... I mean, first of all, the Patriots can keep him on the roster right now this year for uh, the $11 million cap hit. I mean, there's that's not an issue. As I said earlier, there's plenty of things that they can do with, um, you know, contracts like for Stephen Gostowski and, of course, the contract extension for, um, for Devin McCourty. So, yes, they can keep him on there. I think if... He's got to just sit back there and say, "There's no way anyone's going to go out there and and pay him seven million dollars a year." Now I know he went out and he played the first six years of of his contract, his rookie deal, and then held out at the end to get a to get a better deal. I mean, he had a, a six year, nine million dollar contract. Uh, that's on un, that's unreal that, that a guy like Vince Wilfork signed a six year, nine million dollar contract, and he did not get paid until he got the big deal. So, yeah, he's probably sitting there saying, I, you know, I, at the beginning of my career, I didn't get paid much, and I got, you've got all this production out of me. Well, the thing with the New England Patriots is they pay for future production, not past production, and that's one of the reasons that I believe they, they walked away from Wes Welker is because they're not going to pay for, you know, what you did for me in the past. What have you done for me lately? And as much as I love Vince Wilfork, he missed all of last year with <laughs> – You know, a a torn Achilles, and I've heard some reports out there that he's up to 350 pounds. Now, a guy like that coming back from a torn Achilles, you know, while they say that he's ahead of his schedule, I mean, what's he going to be? Is he going to be 75%, 80% of the man that he used to be? And I'll, you know, Jermaine Wiggins, who I have a lot of respect for, um, where he's saying, you know, you don't need that run stopper. Uh, I disagree with him, and we know why I disagree with him, but... (laughs)
2: But now, and to that point, and, and this is something I happened to run across this week too. New England gave up 22 runs of at least 15 yards after Fork went down. That's the fifth most in the league. Exactly. So, they were not only giving up runs; they were giving up long runs. Uh, and and. You know, I, and, and this goes back to you thinking that the running game is the most important part of football.
0: I don't and say and that. Just,
2: I don't say it's the most
1: important. Thinking, I say it. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> you, you, my turn. Oh, the, come on. The, it's a passing game. It is a
2: passing game. And I'm going to lead into you so you can make your point in a second. But right now, I think it's less important than it used to be. And and is it important? Yes. Uh, but all those teams that came in knowing how bad the Patriots were against the rush and rushed it against them for those huge yards lost the games in many times. So, you know, I, I've got to feel that, yes, I, I like to chide you. I do think the running game is important, but the passing game is more important. And now, are you ready? All right. are, are you sitting on the edge of your seat? Here That's is Jeff review of his future column why 30 is the magic number in the NFL
0: get him Jeff 30 is the magic number in the NFL now let me just before I jump on that back to the run stopping I want to just say to, to Mr. Wiggins which probably not listening to the show but if he was smart he would listen to the show even though he played in the <laughs> NFL and and, and well, I sit on the couch and drink Budweiser and watch the NFL. I asked him to go back and look at the uh, AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots and watch on 3rd and 10 where you don't have a big uh, burly guy like a Vince Wilfork or Tommy Kelly and watch them just do a draw play and bust through the middle. Watch it. That's why the Denver Broncos were able to hold on to the ball for so long and keep Tom Brady off the field. And that segues right into my 30 is that magic number. I've said the stats on previous shows. I've said the stats on, on uh, the Patriots postgame show. If you run the ball 30 times in a game, you have a better shot than not to win. The Patriots, of course, 10-0 and this past season when they ran the ball 30 or more times. They were 2-5 and five when they didn't, including that game against the Denver Broncos. Now, they did get behind in that game uh, and, and lost that game to the Denver Broncos. But here's the thing. Every time they ran the ball 30 times, they won. Bill Parcells brought this into my head back in 1993 when he became the head coach of the Ring of Patriots that any way around if you ran the ball 30 times, you have a 75 to 80% chance of winning. The numbers are out there. You look at the two teams that finished with the worst records in the in the league this year: in the Houston Texans and, of course, the Washington Redskins. The two games that the uh, Houston Texans won, they ran the ball twenty-eight times, which is very close to the thirty number. So, my stats hey, wait there. Wait 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 let wasn't me finish. Thirty though. Yes, but it, wasn't was 30, it, was but it was a commitment you, to the run. It was a commitment to me. the run. It was a commitment to the run.
2: But I remember during the season don't mean to cut you off, Jeff, but I had to here. Yeah, you did. Remember during the season, there were Patriots, There were games when the Patriots ran the ball 27 or 28 times.
1: And you were putting them down because they didn't run at 30.
2: So they lost if 30
1: going to be your number, you
2: can't use 28 all of a sudden as part of your backup to your plan. I'm sorry, you've got to have a firm line. And 30 okay. was your firm line. So I don't want to
0: hit 28. I won't give you 28. That's fine. The Then we'll just go to the other team, the Washington Redskins. The only three games they won, they ran the ball over 30 times. They ran the ball over 30 times. It, it, it's as simple as that. Go back to, you know, if you're around that 30 mark, you know, at 30 runs, or if you're very close, if you're at 29 runs, like the Seattle Seahawks were in the Super Bowl <laughs> against the – you're it's there it's not a hard and steadfast number, but you can't be you can't run the ball sixteen times and expect to win. The Patriots haven't been able to do that. The Patriots lost two Super Bowls to the Giants. they ran the ball sixteen times and nineteen times in those games and I don't want you to coming back there and saying to me oh, well, you know, that's because they were behind in the game and they had to pass. No, they threw 48 frickin' times in Super Bowl Forty Two against a pass rush that couldn't stop them because Josh McDaniels is a frickin' moron, and if they established the running game, which they were able to do in the two victories against the Denver Broncos and the uh, and the Baltimore Ravens, which they were able to establish to run. Uh, that's the type of thing that you've got to do. You have to establish that running game. And, uh, and, and my bad there, because
2: I...
1: Well,
2: well, the Patriots had both those Giants games
1: won.
0: The defense lost the game, not the fact that they only ran. Don't even say that. Come on, the miracle catches. Give me a break. The miracle. I'll give you a miracle catch on on the thing, but you can't sit there and say the defense lost the ball. If the Patriots are able to get a couple more first downs, the Patriots are able to establish a running game and give plenty of time onto onto a. Uh, to keep the defense off the field. That's what they didn't do. There were more three and outs in that Super Bowl forty-two than there were the entire season in 2007. And I forgive myself because I said the Denver Broncos and the Baltimore Ravens. That was the 2011 season uh, when they only ran 19 times against the uh, Giants in the Super Bowl. But it was the 2007 season against the San Diego Chargers and the – Jakes, Jacksonville Jaguars, where the Patriots ran the ball and used Lawrence Maroney and Kevin Falk to get and win those games, and then they go into the Super Bowl and they try. Oh, we're just going to throw it because hey, we're playing in a dome and we got all these passing and all that. Passing means shit in 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 the playoffs. It means absolute crap. It does. Look at look, look at look at look at the Denver Broncos. They set every single record you could possibly set. They didn't try to establish a running game. You could say, oh, well, they got behind. They got behind seven to nothing. Uh, sorry, nine to nothing. You could, you could still run the ball at down nine to well, nothing. You need to run and play.
1: Open. I mean, God, they gave up a safety and a
2: touchdown in the first, what, two minutes of the game, and, and now their offense is an offense that is based on the pass. Everybody knows that. And, know. and the fact that they, they couldn't run the ball uh, and didn't try and run the ball – sure, they probably could have run it more than they did, but they were going to run it 30 times against a team that was dominant on defense and try and score many points.
0: When when my article comes out, it'll change everyone's mind. It will. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we and have not if, if it doesn't change everyone's mind, it'll get it'll get people thinking, all right, well, the running game isn't... This isn't just a passing league anymore, because the numbers are put out there, but Look at look at the Detroit Lions. They threw for uh 52 5300 yards. Uh, Matthew Stafford was the only quarterback ever to go 5000 yards back-to-back seasons. How many playoff wins do they have? Zero. Zero. So, <laughs> Bob, I got to get I, the final I, fin- I got to get the final word in there because we're out of time. We're out of time, my friend. So, <laughs> thank you for joining us here on uh Patriots Beat, of course, CLNS Radio. Follow us online, clnsradio.com. Follow the Twitter handles, at CLNS Radio and at Patriots Beat. I'm your host, Jeff Kane, at Boston Fat Guy. Of course, Bob Snowden joined me. Pat Snowden, Bob. Don't forget to text 22828. Text fans for that, because that's where you'll get entered in to get your Julian Edelman signed photograph. Until next Sunday at 1, we out of here. Have a great day, everyone. Your first choice for Internet Sports
1: Talk Radio, DLNS Radio.